Welcome to Holistic Ambition, where we talk with visionary leaders who are redefining what it means to be ambitious. We cover ways you can live with more well-being, meaning, and fun in your career, business, and relationships. I'm your host, Stephanie Toma, life coach for ambitious professionals and author of Confident Introvert. Today, we have Alan Cashcash, CEO of Linguido. Linguido is the first AI-powered e-learning management system where teachers can automatically generate personalized content for language learning. He's also a machine learning engineer at Reckitt, the mother company of brands such as Durex, Finish, and MMO. He's experienced in NLP, the field of AI dedicated to helping computers communicate with us in a human language. Previously, he started several different businesses with his family's company, a hostel, e-commerce, and wholesale distribution, amongst others. All right, Alan, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming. So we have a funny story, how we met in Lisbon, and you were about to give a talk in Web3. So I have so many questions for you. I'm sure that uh, listeners and people to me in today, maybe they know a little bit about Web3, maybe they're immersed in it and they're like, wait, like, what is the future of ambition as it pertains to Web3? So yeah, let's just kind of dive in. I'm curious if you could tell us a little bit about how you got on the Web3 Summit stage, what that was like, and a little bit about what you shared. Absolutely. Uh, so that is that was Web Summit. Web Summit and Web three was big part of Web Summit. Uh, but uh, we were we were rather in in the part of AI at the Web Summit. Um, Web Web three is a big field. Uh, like I think recently with the FTX uh, collapse, it uh, it lost some of some of its base. Uh, which will certainly go back. But uh, our uh, our main focus was was AI. For, for a very long time, uh, and at Web Summit, we we had a moment to 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 share what in the last few years with the world. Uh, that was pretty exciting. I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not gonna pretend that it was it was something normal. It was uh, it was mind blowing. It was mind blowing because uh, you know when, when you're a first time founder, uh, first time startup founder, and and you just you're just in your country. I'm from Poland. I was doing it in my own garage with uh, with uh, my co-founders. Uh, you just build it, and till the very end, you're not sure how people are gonna react to it. Uh, you have certain you have certain assumptions. You have certain feedback from some people, but it's it's a very small sample. It's not like you, that. You talk with the whole market, and you're pretty sure that everyone's gonna use it because you. You cannot be confident about it till the very end. So, well, summit was uh, something unexpected. As we've, uh, I was planning to go there by myself. I've never been there before, and uh, for some reason, I thought that maybe they will accept us as a startup. Uh, so I applied as a startup, and uh, and all of a sudden, uh, we had a call with them. They said uh, they like us. Um, they they told us to, to come as one of the featured startups, and uh, so, so we had a big chance. We had a big chance to like finally like get out of garage, to present ourselves on one of the biggest tech events in the world, 
I think um, uh, TechCrunch Disrupt is maybe bigger. Uh, it is in, in San Francisco. So, All right. So uh, but, but <laughs> I, I, I think I'll come to it in September. Yeah. Uh, but the Web Summit was like one, one of these two was probably, was probably the biggest. Uh, so that was that was some, something else. Yeah. And, and Oh, what? I just wanted to kind of rewind the clock a little bit because it's so amazing to have the opportunity to be recognized for where you have expertise in and have the opportunity to, you know, have the adrenaline rush and the impact of speaking with, I think I read there were 700,000 attendees of that event. So that is next level. Congratulations. And just like rewinding the clock a little bit, can you uh, share about how you um, got into the AI space and how you identified this problem with teachers and language. Absolutely. Uh, oh, this is, uh, this is such a long story. Uh, but it, it, like long story short, I read an article, article that blew my mind so much that I decided to dedicate my whole career to AI. Uh, that was when I uh, when I started my freelancing business. I was teaching teaching English in Poland. Uh, and I had some time at hand, uh, so I, I've been reading a lot. Uh, and I've been reading things from very smart people. And these smart people were saying that AI is probably going to be one of the biggest things uh, in our lifetime. Uh, it's it's so powerful that uh, that even Vladimir Putin said that who, who's going to rule it will rule the world. Uh, so when you see that this is something, this is something so powerful, uh, and I've been raised in a Catholic family. I always know that uh, I have a I have a pretty good moral compass. That like I wanna I wanna do good for the world. I wanna uh, I wanna change the world to be a better place. Uh, but so I I thought that if that's gonna be something that's gonna decide about humanity in the future, I wanna be among these people with my moral compass to help make better decisions. Um, so that was that was the moment when I realized I want to go in this direction, uh, and with this idea that started Linguido, uh, that was years later uh, when I was doing research as part of my master thesis. I was researching if um, if big neural networks, big language models, can be of use for in in online language learning. As I was very passionate about learning English uh, and and teaching English to others. Uh, and I found it, uh, I found it inspiring that these language models can actually create educational content. So um, actually, like to be to be fair, my first attempt failed, but like that that always happened. <laughs> like the the the. the, the that out because yeah, let's say if someone listening in is on their first startup, it's not going too hot. Guess what? Maybe the third time's the charm. Maybe the twentieth time. You know, <laughs> it's not always. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I once I found this sentence very inspiring. Uh, it's not that I failed a thousand times. I just found a thousand, thousand ways to not do certain things. I feel about it the same way. Oh, what was that? Oh, I had some interruptions. Sorry. Oh no worries. Okay, so you know when it comes to the future of AI. And if you could let people know, in a nutshell, very briefly, where AI is right now at the time of this recording, um, we're just about to enter the year 2023, and then 
a sort of prediction of the future of AI. Um, how, yeah, how would you describe that? I think we are in a very exciting time right now. Like uh, recently, in by, by the end of November, uh, ChatGPT was released, uh, and ChatGPT was uh, started sort of a revolution. Like uh, to give some, I think like the the most known statistic about it is that uh, what what was the uh, like Facebook needed like about two months to get the first million users. Instagram needed like twenty five days to get the first million users. Don't 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 get me on these numbers. I may use say something wrong but like roughly uh and chat gpt needed just five days five days to get one million users so that proves that ai is making incredible steps forward uh and and i've been playing with all these new models uh and i love it i've uh, so all right let me context chat gpt is is something that can even replace google in the future in terms of search so if you have any question like let's say you you feel uh, you feel bad like you feel like mentally like sad you can you can ai can be your therapist right now or if you if you want like if you're coding and you need some advice like my brother is learning flutter uh there is the framework for mobile development with, with uh, chat gpt as being his his mentor uh, so this is incredible tool, and it's not only this one. We also have chat, uh, sorry, uh, GPT three, which we use at Linkuido, where you can where you can just automatically create content. Uh, we have Codex, we have model that is uh, that generates code. We and we have one one of the most beautiful beautiful things I've seen recently. We have Dali, uh, and sorry, it's uh, I think the more most popular name is Stable Diffusion Models. Uh, so these models, you just type the text, what, what you want to see, and this model will create the image of what you just typed. So if you, if you say, I want to see, I want to see Batman, I want to see Batman as like, I don't know, riding a bicycle to work or like Batman working from nine to five, then AI is going to generate a picture of Batman working nine to five. This is incredible. It lets you visualize things that you couldn't couldn't see before and uh, and I, I started I started playing with that recently so because um, because it, it can create so many beautiful illustrations that uh, even even current UX UI design can be revolutionized by that like uh, our landing page I was uh, I, I, I set myself a goal to replace the, the hero picture with a uh, design from AI. Uh, generated a, a few good ones, but still haven't replaced the the, the old one. Uh, but like uh, going back to the uh, to the future of AI, uh, so these are this is where we are at right now. In twenty twenty three, I believe we don't need to do some big revolutions. We need some time for technology adaptation. We need to. We need people to start working with AI and adapting AI to their daily work, seeing that, oh, this is something that's not going to replace me if I start using it and working with that. Because I think there is also a lot of fear about about losing jobs. Like programmers are, uh, are afraid, uh, artists are afraid. And well, they have valid reasons for it because it can replace many stuff. But like, let me underline one thing with... Uh, 
it's not only that it will eliminate jobs. It's also that it will create a lot of new jobs because right now, if like I have to pay for content, let's say $5,000, but like with AI, I can just pay $100. Then I can, if I reduce cost by so much, then I can, I can grow, grow my business way more than I could before. And this way I can, I can create new job positions, but that will deal with something else. Does that make sense? Okay, so Alan, what I'm hearing is that it it sounds to me, and let me know if this is what you're in alignment with, but there's also, there's this sort of sense of being a catalyst for entrepreneurship, even, where these, these certain jobs are being eliminated, let's say when it comes to content or even graphic design. I was uh, wondering if you see people utilizing you know, this function to create their brand logo, for example, instead of hiring a designer. Um, and, you know, yeah, how, how do you think this relates, all relates to um, helping foster entrepreneurship? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I can absolutely design logo with that. That is a perfect, perfect yeah. value to escape. <laughs> very basic. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, and I absolutely agree with what you just said. I think uh, everything is shifting towards we need more entrepreneurial people. And I, I feel like people are getting way more entrepreneurial. Uh, and I think that's, that's a good thing because like right now, um, that's my opinion. Don't, don't call me on that. Uh, I think if you have an idea for yourself, you don't need university, you don't need college. If you just start pursuing your, your idea for yourself, if you want to be blogger, if you want to be influencer, if, if you want to be... If you feel about something that you wanna you wanna make the world a better place by doing that, and if you, if you're so passionate about it, if you're so passionate about some uh, problem, about some solution, that I don't think you need any any university. You can just go and uh, start doing your business, start doing your your stuff your way, uh, and eventually you, you will succeed. Yeah. So, you know, this kind of, I have a couple of follow-up questions. So as we begin to wrap up here, so um, how did you go about building out your team? So it, it sounds like it started with you sort of um, being inspired by an article. And sometimes all it takes is one article to really inspire and then to pair that with an aptitude for the work. And it sounds like the rest is history, but now I understand that you do have team members that I met in person. So I'm curious about how you went about uh, sourcing the right support for you and your mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's a perfect question. Uh, well, I, I I listen a lot to to podcasts of other startup founders, uh, and the 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 thing they say the most frequently is hire the best people. Period. Uh, and um, and I didn't know that at the beginning. Uh, I I had some luck. I had some. Uh, all right, uh, uh, I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself. It's it's not the easiest thing at the beginning, uh, but it's uh, it's getting easier as like with the, like with everything with the passage of time. Uh, you when when you build a reputation for yourself, it's way easier. I think like right now when I I work with so many people and and they have a trust that despite very difficult projects. Despite uh, difficult problems, uh, I was always eager to to find a way uh, that they have so, a certain trust um, toward my skills. And uh, and I've heard people saying that they they just 
want to 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 do some internship at Linguido because they they want to work with me. Uh this is this is very I'm this is very heartwarming for me. Uh, and um I feel great about it. Uh I think I think there is uh, there there is there is a beautiful video uh in the internet. Uh I think someone on on TED conferences showed that that there's one crazy guy dancing on the mountain and then and then he, he's just crazy because he's the one dancing. But then the the other guy joins him and they are both dancing. Then the third one third one joins and then like suddenly all the people are joining and everyone is dancing. Uh so it's it's about the 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 first person's gonna believe your vision. Uh and and I had some luck with that. Uh I mean I met my first uh, co-founder at the incubator uh and uh, and he was he was working on the on the different projects. Uh then then he changed his mind and he joined me. Uh and but after after six months everything I was I was doing was on the edge because uh he resigned he was he was burned out uh and after 12, 12, 12 months of working uh working more than 12 hours a day uh everything was at the edge so i could i could lose everything but fortunately enough he introduced me to to his friend who had the same technology stack and and started working with me and then i think when you when you constantly saw that you're making progress the other people are are getting interested uh and uh, and i i my my second co-founder i know him for years and at a certain point we just crossed away that hey we can actually do this together and uh take advantage of each other's skills yeah, yeah i think that's, that's the way so, so many great nuggets there, including being the first ones to start dancing by yourself. <laughs> and sometimes the people come, sometimes they trickle in, and then there's an explosion of dancers. So I love that metaphor. And, you know, you did touch on burnout. And especially in sort of the old paradigm hustle culture, that is the name of the game, right? So yeah. you know, as, as you continue to build out your team and build out different opportunities, not only for yourself, but for the reach and impact of this company, I'm curious about maybe different holistic practices that take into account, you know, mind, body, spirit, um, that really sort of help you remain um, revitalized and present in your work. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, that's gonna be a hard one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because you know, I've uh, I don't have the healthiest lifestyle, uh, and uh, I, I recently listened to a very smart sentence from one of these very smart guys from Silicon Valley. Uh, he said that, oh yeah, he was from YC, Y, y Combinator. He said that, uh, well, you work, you, you can work harder, but uh, it's not that you can just like squeeze more from life. It's just like you're taking a debt. So, so in the future, you will have to pay this debt. Uh, and uh, and that's that's what I I realized that I'm doing now. Like uh, I I just had very intensive months and uh, and I've I changed. I I stopped being so open minded. I stopped I stopped meeting new people. I just wanted to like you know like just isolate myself, have some me time. Uh, and and I I think I'm I'm paying part of the debt now. So uh, I. 
exactly. I I I cannot tell you good advice. I can just tell you my mistake, uh, and and you can you can <laughs> take take some lessons out out of that. Uh, to being told, well, I've I've been working very hard. Uh, I think everyone wants to achieve something has to work very hard. Uh, and I'm by very hard. I mean, like see, at some time I was working about eighty hours a week. Uh, usually it's about sixty. Uh, so with with this amount of hard work, uh, you, you 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 like the the biggest challenge I think is balancing energy, balancing energy. And recently, I one one of the tricks I'm doing is I'm meditating more. Uh, I'm uh, trying to use focus mode, trying not to answer any messages, like silent my phone to not get distracted because. Uh, if you're solving some complicated problem, like you, quite often you have to do uh, in the cloud, like if you're deep in something, like let's say it's like the fifth layer deep uh, in in some compl complicated algorithm, like you you have so many so many things in head that if you get distracted by something, like someone tells you something. Uh, then you have you need to like ten minutes to get back to where you were at. Yeah. So I think keeping focused, uh, it's it's like one of the one of the most important things here. Yeah. So Alan, you know, thank you for that reflection. Where it's not always an exact science. It's not like one hundred percent of the time you always feel like your life is in perfect balance. That's just not the reality of the situation. But it sounds like you're doing a good job at. Um, having a sense of awareness of, okay, maybe now I need to say no to more invitations. Maybe now I need more time to myself, um, you know, prioritizing exercise, prioritizing a sense of focus, because uh, I think, you know, some people go in the opposite direction of, oh, like, I don't want to burn out. So I'm just going to do nothing. It's like, that's certainly not the way to achieve your goals. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I think it's great that you've kind of shed a light on the fact that there will be seasons in the entrepreneurial experience. And, you know, we have like just a couple of minutes left here. So rapid fire, I have two more questions for you. And just first thing that comes to mind, one sentence or less, how do you define ambition? Uh, Stephanie, could you repeat the last sentence? Uh, the connection got frozen. Oh yeah, no worries. Okay, so um, how do you define ambition? Just in a sentence or less. Ambition. Uh, I would say it's a thing that keeps keeps you on your feet. It's like constantly feeding you with new challenges. But like you can be more. You can have more. You can do so. You can do something great. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. So Speaking now, challenges. rapid fire, because we have a couple minutes. So thank you for bearing with me. So what does holistic ambition mean to you? So we've kind of touched on it throughout with the seasons and the block scheduling. But if you were, let's say, a takeaway for people listening, um, how they can embody and experience more holistic ambition, um, what's just one thing that you would say? Holistic ambition. Uh, well, with one word, I would say holistic ambition is... Can I just keep using the word challenge? Because that's that's what comes to my mind. I think it's challenge. It's like what makes us progress, and that's how I feel about ambition. 
Yes. All right. Well, thank you, Alan Koshkosh, for Upland Guido for all of your time today. And I also want to thank you at home in your car, wherever you are, for listening and allow this to be your invitation to subscribe, to be aware of the next Holistic Ambition speaker series. And before we hop off, Alan, how can people stay connected with you? Bye. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Alan Kaskas, just the name it is uh, written here, and uh, or linguido.com. You can, you can find uh, what we're doing. Thank you for tuning in to Holistic Ambition. This is Stephanie Toma saying goodbye for now and inviting you to take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time.